helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Have you ever not done something because you were afraid you wouldn't succeed? Maybe you passed up a job opportunity or trying something new for fear it wouldn't work out. Or maybe you're someone who plans every detail and controls everything you can. And maybe you even get praise for how well you do things. But if someone were to scratch the surface of all you're doing, they would find someone so afraid of feeling less than that they mask this with perfectionism. Whatever form it takes, fear of failure can impact our lives and the lives of those around us. So stay with us as we explore how to overcome the fear of failure. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? My name is Melissa Waggett, and I'm the co-host of the Life Transformation Radio Show. I want to extend a warm welcome to you this morning. If you want to find out more about our ministry, I encourage you to go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us toll-free at one 544 3546, and we'd be happy to answer any questions you may have. So if you've been faithful listeners to this program, you know I am not alone this morning. With me in studio is Michael Hart. He is the director of Elam Counseling Services. He is also a registered psychotherapist, and he joins us each and every week to explore these topics. And Michael, I am so excited to explore this topic of fear of failure with you. Uh, When you brought it up as a show idea, it really resonated with me. And like many of our shows, you've pulled out a biblical story for us to draw our conversations from. So, Michael, thank you so much for joining us again this week. Thank you very much, Melissa, for that wonderful introduction and for being here again to ask these very important questions that help us to extrapolate from the biblical text these very deep and uh, profound uh, insights that are not readily seen on the surface. And so today we'll be looking at the story of the talents from Matthew chapter 25, and we'll be using that to talk about overcoming the fear of failure. And uh, in particular, we want to zero in on one particular verse, and it's it's the last verse, verse 25 uh, where it says, so I was afraid, not the last verse of the chapter, but the last verse in that section that we are dealing with from verse 20 to 25. So verse 25 says, so I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. For those of us who know this parable or this story, it's a story about this master who was going on a journey and he he divided up his estate among his servants. And to one of the servants, he gave five bags of gold, according to the NIV. Some say one to five talent, but it's actually five bags of gold that he, he gave to one of his servant. And to another, he gave two bags of gold. And to the third servant, he gave a bag of gold. And as the story is told in Matthew chapter 25, we hear that the, the servant who got five talents went out and earned five more bags of gold on that five bags that he got originally. And so did the, the person with two bags of gold. They went out and they, they, they earned 
two more, and the master had commendation and praises for these two servants who invested their the, what was allotted to them, and he had praises for them. But when it came to the third servant, who had who was given the one bag of gold, this servant said in verse twenty-five, "I was afraid." and went out and hid your gold in the ground. So here is what belongs to you. So this servant is given back to the master exactly what was given to him. There was no initiative that initiative that was taken. He just played it safe and he gave it back to the master. And the master had very harsh words to say to him if we read the rest of the story uh, further down from verse 25. And so... Uh, he didn't get get the praise and the commendations. So what? when we look at this story, we want to take it outside of the pages of Scripture and look at it in, 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 in light of how it plays out in real life today because these stories are there for a reason. Yes, there is a spiritual sense in which these stories can be interpreted, but this story can also be interpreted in 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 terms of business ventures, in terms of what we do with assets that we have, in terms of what we do with our talents, that our, our gifts that God has given to us. And and I'm so excited to explore this topic because this is something that, yes, this, this man in the Bible thousands of years ago is being described as being afraid, but fear is a very common emotion that we experience often. And depending how we respond to it, the outcomes um, can either serve us well or serve us poorly. So what I'm interested, though, in this story is what kind of things predispose this servant to being in this fearful state and what kind of things in today's world predispose us to being fearful? Well, the Bible didn't say what uh, predisposed this servant to be the way that he was, but knowing uh, how we see in what we see in today's society, from people who have the same predisposition, who think the same way, who tends to play it safe and be afraid of taking risk. There are usually certain factors from their past that plays into that kind of a of a approach to life. So one factor could be perfectionist parents. If you have perfectionist parents who nothing was ever good enough, then you could reach this the state that they call learned helplessness, where you just give up and you don't take any risk at all. You don't try anything new because you know how frustrating it was for you as a child to do your best and to be told that you missed that one spot. It wasn't good enough. And that messaging over time really gets ingrained, I can imagine, being a kid. Yeah, so instead of trying in adult life, uh, these people sometimes uh, played very safe in the business world. And and so part of what is happening is that there is this hurting child inside that is afraid of being told that you made a mistake because the hurt and the pain is still there from the past. Also, harsh parents, parents who are very harsh and critical, can leave 
uh, a, a child for the rest of their lives living of fear of making mistakes because mistakes have harsh consequences. I, I know what it is to be called stupid. I know what it is to be demeaned. I know what it is to feel less than. And so instead of exposing yourself to any possibility of making a mistake, you go through life playing it safe. So it could have the roots in childhood, but the roots could also be in some bad experience that people suffer in their adult life. So this servant, for example, that is saying to the to the master, I was afraid, and so I played it safe. I went and buried this bag of gold in, in the ground. It could be that he had a bad experience with a previous employer, or he had a business venture that failed, and this venture left him feeling afraid of failure again because of the consequences that he suffered before. And so these past experiences, if not worked through and processed with a counselor or someone who can help you to heal from the pain, these these things could perpetuate a situation in your life where you are you are living your life out of these bad experiences and being limited as a result. Yeah, I really get the sense that this can have that the consequences of you you're growing up with a negative self-concept where as you describe some of those stories growing up in childhood, if you're told you're stupid, it's not your actions being criticized. That's you as a person. And yes. that whole interaction where over time your your whole personhood would be affected. Yes, absolutely. And and so when we think of uh, parents, parents are authority figures. So if we look at this parable in in Matthew twenty five and the negative view that this servant had of the master, it could be that he's transposing some of how he felt about his parents and because of how he had been treated on the master. So these kind of treatments leads to not only negative self-concept, if you are blamed and criticized, not only does it, by parents, it doesn't only affect your negative self-concept, but it also affects your view of authority figure. And so in the business world, in the workplace, whether that be within a church or in, 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 in secular business, these persons who have had that kind of a start to life can be like the servant, burying their talents in the ground and not taking any risk. So I'd say most of us aren't burying talents in the ground. We probably don't have a bank account of talents necessarily. We should we're all born with a bag of gold like the servant. If only, if only. (laughs) Give me the five. I'll make something out of it. But but all joking aside, we're most likely not carrying bags of gold around and burying it out of fear. So how does these scenarios, this fear of failure play out in today's world? Well, I think we all have potential. Like we might not literally have bags of gold like how it is told in Matthew 25, but we all have potential. We are all very special. We are all unique. And we come into this world with talent. But in it plays out today in 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 the workplace where for example a person who has talents and abilities and has the same qualification of uh, as others in the workplace and sometimes even more qualified than others in the workplace that these people will be afraid of a 
applying for a promotion. So in effect, they're burying their talent in the ground, just as this servant did in Matthew 25, by being afraid to apply for a promotion. It could also be a situation where you you don't feel that your your opinion is as valuable as as uh, the opinion of others, and so you sit around the the, the 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 conference table and you say nothing, and then you hear what you're thinking coming out of the mouth of others, and you realize maybe I I know that I should have said that, or you realize you have a better opinion, but you just feel that if it comes from you, it is not good enough, or it could be that person who won't leave a job in which they are not fulfilled because it is safe. In other words, they're being like the servant again who is burying his talent in the ground. It is safe here. I know that I could be using my talents in better ways, but I am playing it safe by staying in this job in which I am not fulfilled and I am not using my full potential. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Radio Show. If you've missed the first part of today's show, I encourage you to go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us toll-free at one 877 544 3546. Again, 1 877 544 3546. And we'd be happy to give you a copy of today's show, Overcoming Fear of Failure. So, Michael, what were the consequences of the servant's fear that we saw in this story? Yes, I, I think there are some, pro, there are four profound things that we see from this simple story that shows us very clearly the result of fear. And these four things can be found today. I think the first thing that we see from this story is that fear limits our perspective. So if you think if you think about it, this servant had a very limited perspective of what he could do. When the master came, the master said to him, If you are afraid that you would lose this money, or if you're afraid that I am going to be harsh with you if you lose this money, why didn't you just put it in the bank where it would have earned interest? So the fear had taken over his mind to such an extent that he wasn't thinking clearly. I know, I love that line when you read it, where it was like, if you just sort of stuck it in the bank, at least I would have gotten the interest. But as you say, that fear blinded him. And it it even blinded him of the quote-unquote safe routes that would have brought him at least a little bit more success. And this is exactly what what psychologists tells us. For example, Dr. Gregor Burns, who is a neuroscientist at Emory University, says, fear turns off the exploratory and risk-taking functions of your brain so you are not able to react defensively so that you're only able to react defensively, preventing you from assessing all your options and making smart decisions. So in other words, fear limits you to think in a defensive way. It doesn't allow you to be able to think of all the options that could, could improve the situation and make things better. It's only thinking about, how oh, can I avoid the worst. And so what Dr. Gregor Burns said here that we have just quoted is what is playing out in this story, where the servant could only think about the bad things that the master would do if he if he lost that sum of money, if if he didn't if 
somehow we invested that money and, and it didn't turn out to be a good investment. He couldn't think about, but I could also earn more. Or he couldn't even see that I could put it in the bank. At least I will get interest on it. So what other results of fear do we see in this story? So we also see that fear distort reality. Notice that the other two servants didn't have the same view of the master. They could have been more fearful because they they were given bigger responsibilities. The one with five bags of gold had five times more money that he could have lost than the, the servant who got the one bag. But his reality is distorted because his view of the master does not line up with the view of the other two servants. So I think this is telling us that his perception of the master is off. And that's what fear does. It distorts reality. The other thing that fear does, and we see this from the story, that it sabotaged our success. He was not as successful as the other servants because fear caused him to be paralyzed emotionally, to be paralyzed in, in the sense that he, he just did nothing. He just kept that one bag and held on to it and protected it instead of taking any risk or even investing it in the bank. It's interesting when you say the doing nothing. I've often read too sometimes procrastination can even be a symptom of fear. Yes. Where you get into that place where you just can't take that next step because you're just so afraid. Yes, that, that is so true, true, Melissa. Yes. And so what other uh, results of the fear do we see in this servant story? I think in this parable, we also see that fear brings about what is known as self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, notice that of the three servants, he's the only one that had the, the perception that the master was harsh and unjust. And this actually led to the master being harsh to him because he did something because of that fear that led to the fulfillment of that prophecy. So at times when we are fearful of things, the very things that we fear are the very things that we create by our fear. I'm just thinking the the examples you gave earlier in the show where you said someone not applying for a job. You you think to yourself, I'm never going to get that job. Right. So you don't apply for that job. Yes. And the outcome is you never get that job. You never job. get the job because you never apply for exactly. the job. Exactly. And yeah. you get in those loops without even right. realizing right. it. Right. Or you feel that, you know, I'm not good enough. And you start acting like you're not good enough and you don't have any input in, in business meetings. You say nothing. Then others around you start feeling that, you're not good enough and start treating you as if you're not good enough. So again, fear brings about self-fulfilling prophecy. The things that we fear uh, sometimes uh, manifest itself because our mind has power to bring things into being. And so when we think things, it manifests itself in reality. So how do we begin to overcome this fear so it doesn't become our reality? Well, when it comes to fear, we need to realize that we are dealing with a different region of the brain than we use for rational thinking. So when fear overtakes us and we start acting in fear, it is because this little part of our brain that's about the size of an almond, uh, the size of an almond, 
is actually acting up and causing us to be fearful. And so this is called the amygdala. And so the amygdala, when it's acting up and, and sending out fearful signals, it overpowers the, the prefrontal cortex, that part of our brain that is used for decision-making and for rational thinking and for planning, is now overpowered by this little part of our brain that deals with fear. And so we're not thinking rationally. So the first thing that we need to do if we're in a situation and we start feeling as if we're fearful is to start calming yourself. You can pray quietly in your mind. Prayer is a good for, is a good way of calming down the amygdala, the fear center of the brain. Start praying in your mind. Start asking God to help you to be peaceful and to be confident in the midst of that situation. And so things like prayer, things like relaxation, if you have something coming up and you're fearful about it, spend time relaxing and praying and reading Bible passages that can help you to be confident because relaxation is a good way of disengaging the the amygdala. Another thing to do is to challenge the fear by by looking at whether or what whether or not the what's the worst case scenario, whether or not the worst case scenario is likely to happen and how bad is the worst case scenario. So do you have any tips? So I'm thinking of someone who is in a really fearful state. Sometimes we're really good at getting to that worst case scenario ourselves. Yes. So how... Is there other ways we can do that? Or do you even suggest maybe pulling someone in so that I don't go down my, my rabbit hole of fear? Because the, the funny thing, Melissa, is that sometimes, though a lot of times that I see in my practice, the worst case scenario is not as bad as the fear itself. Mm. So if you say to someone, what will happen if you say something that's, that's wrong in a business meeting? They'll say... Well, nothing will happen. Is pe- will everyone laugh at you? No, no one will laugh, right? But in their mind, they're feeling as if it's going to be such a disaster. But in fact, people say wrong things in business meetings. People who are confident, they say things, other people challenge it, and the meeting continues. But in this person's mind, who has been overtaken with fear, if I say the wrong thing, it's like the end of the world. People are going to think that I am stupid. And they create a lot of worst-case scenarios that is not going to work out. So when you say, okay, what's the worst-case scenario? And how does it play out for others who say wrong things at a things at a business meeting, they start seeing that the worst case scenario is not as bad as they perceive in their in their mind as they perceive it to be in their minds. But fear does that. Fear amplifies everything. So by slowing down and thinking about worst case scenario, you can begin to look at the situation in a, in a more rational way. What are other things we can do to overcome our fears? Another thing is to prepare. If you know that you're fearful of saying the wrong thing in a business meeting or you're fearful for a job interview that's coming up or you're fearful for a public speaking that that's coming up, preparation can help you to, to overcome some of that fear. So you, you prepare yourself, you do as much research as you can, and even to say things at a business meeting, you can plan before the meeting as to 
what you're going to say on a particular topic. It doesn't have to come from the top of your head. And so by preparing, it can help you to to be more confident. And part of preparing, too, can be rehearsing worst-case scenarios. Yeah, I was going to say, that role-playing, I was just thinking, maybe if you have someone who could be the person you fear that you trust and play it out in real life and have those words spoken from your own lips and heard by your own ears. Yes, and so even, even things like for going for a job interview and you're fearful of going for that job interview, you prepare for the interview and you ask yourself, what's the worst if I don't get this job? Or what's the worst that is going to happen if I find myself in a situation where, I, where that's new, that's different than what I am doing now? And a lot of times the things that people fear, like they might think, oh, this job that I'm going into, I'm never going to be able to do it because it's new. Well, you're going to go through a period of training and you're going to have someone that is going to be beside you in those first few days. You're not going to be thrown into something new without the proper training. So these kind of things can prepare you to realize that the worst case scenario is not is not what you think it, it to be. I'm wondering if you had any, have any tips about how we can overcome that voice in your mind so to speak those those messages we are we're sharing to ourselves because yes. as i've heard you describe fear a lot of what you've referenced is that that internal thought process we have going on that's telling us run 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 danger right. danger danger how right. do you begin to shut that off right and i think one of the things to do is to invite others to who can come along you and to help you to see whether or not you're looking at the situation in in an objective way because that negative self talk that you're doing as we said earlier on in the show, probably comes from something in your childhood and having someone who can come alongside you and look at it in a more objective way can help you to realize that these thoughts that are predisposing you to think of things in a negative way, that they are not rational. And another thing that I think we need to do, not only do we need to identify the self-talk and look at what predisposes us and to have others come beside us, but we also need to count the cost. Like, what is this fear costing me? And it's not sometimes until we stop and write out and assess the cost the cost, not only when we talk about cost, we're not just talking here about financial cost. We're talking about the cost to your health, the cost to your happiness, the cost to your relationships as a result of living in fear. Can you imagine that man in the parable, knowing that the master is coming back and knowing that he has done nothing with the money? There must be a part of him that is uneasy, knowing that he hasn't invested or done anything with what the master has has given him. So we need to count the cost. But I think the final thing that we need to do is that we will not overcome our fear until we face them. The things that you fear are sometimes stepping stones that is going to take you to success. And this fear of failure is sometimes a fear of success. And we need to to examine and think about what it is that is holding us back. And we need to face that fear because until we face the fear, we will never overcome it. 
Oh, I just had shivers. Michael, I have learned so much from you today, as always. Any final thoughts? Thank you very much, Melissa. I'd like to say that finally, sometimes some things can be so deep-rooted and so painful that you might need uh, professional help as well. So if you do need help, remember that you can contact us by going to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. You can also call us by by at, at our toll-free number at one eight seven seven five four four three five four six, and we'll be happy to speak with you and to give you the help that you need. And finally, I would like to say, if you did enjoy this show and you would like to be uh, one of our supporters of this show, you can do so for as little as $5 a month by going to uh, patreon.com slash elimcounseling. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And it's a crowd plund- sorry, a crowdfunding platform that makes it possible for many donors to, to support shows that they like. So again, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. And Melissa Waggett. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Mm-hmm.